0: It is The 200 Level, episode 286. Mike Carpenter in the basement for Wednesdays with Warner. The only person that might like alliteration more than I do is Jeremy Warner. And he was nice enough to stop by today. We had an hour-long conversation. He was fortunately in town because he was doing some reporting over at the stadium. So we chatted here in the basement studio. The video of that will be up on YouTube. I just need to sync... The audio from this with that because we had go figure some technical issues, but uh, you know, I'm figuring this basement studio out and it was the first time since all this new equipment and all these new platforms that we've really tried it out. And it was a great conversation to have with someone that I've had many Alani sports conversations with, but not all of them positive. When we were working together at 93.5, it was mostly futility for Illinois football. Occasionally, they would punctuate it with a big win or maybe an undefeated non-conference that made you think, oh, there might be something going on here. But to no avail, You know, usually they would end up kind of stinking. And that is the reality that we had for most October and November broadcast on 93.5. Fortunately, this does not appear to be the case. As we sit here in the early parts of October with... More than half a season in front of us, this feels different. It feels sustainable. So Jeremy and I get into the season so far. We get into Saturday night, which is the biggest home game since God knows when. I said in our conversation with me and him, 07 against Wisconsin. Not the Penn State game, because that came first. That felt like an arrival. But the Wisconsin game felt like you doubled down and showed that, in fact, you were very good, which that Rose Bowl team was. They were very good. This team has the possibility to be that. And the reason why you should be optimistic is not just that they beat teams and not just that they've won the games against a weaker schedule, it's that they've completely annihilated these teams. And even against the likes of Indiana, the reason I think I and so many others were ticked off is it felt like you missed an opportunity, you know, that, that it was right there and you were the better team for the majority of that game. They've been the better team for the majority of the minutes they've been on the field this year. Will it continue with Iowa? I'm optimistic. I understand why some Alani fans would think, oh boy, they're, they're lulling me back in and I'm going to get hurt. That's only understandable. We've been there before, and even I have that little tinge of, oh, I've seen Iowa do this before. Hell, I go back to the Rose Bowl year against Iowa when you lost 10-6 to up there. We took the trip, and we're all excited as a 5-1 and Illini team could get bowl eligible at Kinnick Stadium, and then you lost to a not very good Iowa team. These things can happen, and Iowa plays a brand of football that if you aren't careful, they can beat you 13-10 to or whatever it may be. But I think ultimately you need to go with what you've seen on the field. The same thing that I echoed last week before Wisconsin – how have they been playing? How has Illinois been playing? Well, the clear answer was Illinois has been looking better, and that proved to be the case again on Saturday. Same thing goes for Iowa and Illinois. Iowa, the offense is terrible. You should be able to dominate them with your defense. You should honestly be able to keep them out of the end zone, which is what they've been able to do at home against all three opponents. Why not continue that? There's also the factor that this team, unlike, let's say, the Rose Bowl year, I trust the coaching staff to. help them avoid the mental letdown that's not to say there won't be another loss this year but I don't think it'll be because the team came out ill-prepared or mentally not where they needed to be. So Jeremy and I talk about the Iowa game, of course. We talk about everything that's led up to it. We get into a bit of where the fans may be at and why ticket sales have become really the bigger conversation this week than the game itself. Though there was a deal announced by the DIA, four tickets for 109 bucks in the horseshoe, and I think the East Balcony as well. So if you haven't already got your tickets, now you got cheap ones, I would encourage people to do that. And while I normally would not be one to tell you how to spend your money, I I do think there is an importance to this game, and it is a moment. That's a word that Jeremy and I both use in our conversation. It is a moment for Alani football, and there's been so few of those in my lifetime, and I'm 35. There's older Alani fans than me. This feels like a moment, and why not be there? Why not share in what could be a triumph with other Illini fans? And this is not some sort of, oh, number one Ohio State's coming to town, fool me once, shame on you. No, this is a winnable game. But even though Iowa's down, it would still mean just as much as if Iowa was good. It really would. Not just because it's Iowa, and we hate Iowa, and you should. But as far as the Big Ten West is concerned, you've already beaten Wisconsin. you got Iowa and Minnesota. You can establish right now in these next two weeks, that this division is yours? I think they might. I think they might. So why miss it, right? Get your cheap tickets if you haven't already. That That, that is the most I will do. I know I went after uh, Kedrick Prince last year when he gave out the ticket office number. And you might say, well, geez, that's a little hypocritical, Carp. And maybe you're right about that. But I'm not going to give you the number or the website. You're going to have to find it yourself. But I do think that most people that listen to this podcast are probably already going and excited about it. I certainly am. So, a great conversation with Jeremy Warner. It's about an hour long. Before we get to that, one, want to hit up the sponsors real quick. DP Dough online at dpdough.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdough.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Get a custom zone with any topping you want, or one of their favorites, like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone at dpdough.com. Also, Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. And while we're getting into the colder months, don't let that dissuade you from getting a free quote today from Rector Construction. Again, that is R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. Hey, Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing, are you tired of your high energy bills or your kids using all the hot water before you get in the shower? I don't have kids, but boy, would that tick me off. Then call Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing to ask about a Renai Energy Star-Rated tankless water heater. These things are pretty sick. They're super high-efficiency units will give you unlimited hot water while also keeping your utility bills low and it lasts twice the lifespan of a regular tanked water heater. All right, hey, are you thinking about upgrading your home with a second bathroom, finally finishing that basement? Dogtown has free in-home consultations to get your project started and stay on track today. Give them a call today, 217-841-4728. That's 841-4728 to get a highly qualified plumber to your house. Tell us you heard this commercial on the radio for an additional 10% off. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. And State Farm Agent Brian Hanson online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well. Great State Farm prices, as you would expect, but it's the customer service that is second to none. Uh, Cannot recommend him enough as a person and also as an insurance agent. That is Brian Hanson, your State Farm Agent, brianismyguy.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer, of course, and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network for being partners with the 200 level. If you have not already, Subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a rating and review wherever you listen to us. And with all the formalities out of the way, let's get to this conversation with my old friend Jeremy Warner and me in the basement. Uh, I'll come back at the end of this to wrap things up, but enjoy one hour with my old friend Jeremy Warner. All right, we are live in the basement, the first time we've had a guest on YouTube Live. (laughs) And uh, this seems like old times, Jeremy, because being live, we were used to that on 93.5. We've done all the uh, pre-recorded podcasts in the years since, but... Uh, It's kind of invigorating to be thinking about a game almost every waking moment of a week. (laughs) And that's been my week. I've been distracted at school and and I can't stop thinking about Saturday night.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me in the uh, basement, man. The studio looks great. We can um, play some
0: Simpsons Arcade after a few want. Yeah, I'm
1: still like looking th- Oh, I saw that, which is awesome. I'm That's still the- like looking at all the posters and seeing which, like, <laughs> which one I want the most. But yeah, how about it? Illinois football, we used to call it Project uh, Prolonged Relevancy. Yeah, which would sometimes last till mid September. Yeah, so. If we were a- lucky. So, you know, you think about what this could be if they would have, you know, taken care of business against Indiana, but it really doesn't matter because you've made up for that, right? I mean, the last couple games, you've certainly made up for that. But the other part is, man, the big time West stinks. So you have a great opportunity. Um, but most importantly, Carp. I just think you have a really good coaching staff. Like, I, I, I think this is by far the best coaching staff I've covered, obviously. But uh, you stack it up in the Big Ten West, man. Uh, I think this is one of the best coaching staffs in the conference. Uh, I, I said it when these guys were hired, when they hired Kane and McDonald. I just kind of looked at it in the hole and I said, man, this is, um, this is a staff that Iowa fans would probably be happy about. And Michigan fans would probably be happy about, and they're putting the dudes in you know spots to succeed. Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph are really talented recruits. Now they're showing it. You know, guy like Kirby Joseph, who was a backup forever and played wide receiver, turns into an NFL prospect of free safety in the scheme. So uh, it's it's really really encouraging to see just competent. Coaching, competent football.
0: You know, last year after the Nebraska game, I I dubbed this term consistent competence, and you weren't probably <laughs> going to get that in most year ones, and I get that. Yeah. In fact, I don't think they won cons- consecutive games in year well, one. It was it was on and off. So uh, then you look back, and it all makes sense that they're at where they're at now because the tail end of last season, there were disappointments like at Iowa where you had an opportunity. Uh, the game gets Rutgers at home, which was just kind of one of those sleepy Saturday morning slugfest in the rain, and it just never quite picked up. But really, this seems like the natural continuation. And that's what I think makes it it different um, than, let's say, 2019. You were talking about this with Jay Jay Layman on Monday. And it, it just strikes me that when you mention competence, there is a kind of style of football they're playing now where i'm confident that they can prolong this and that even though a kirby joseph may leave or next year it's going to be newton and randolph in all likelihood Mm -hmm. that the systems in place would keep you from bottoming out which is usually what happens with illinois football let's say they won eight or nine games under zook and they did that one year uh it was not at all surprised when they went five and seven i would be shocked or at least Pretty darn surprised if next year, despite all the departures, if they come out and lay a 3-9 and sort of egg. It just seems different.
1: Yeah, I think there's always going to be games in a season that most teams outside of your Bamas and Ohio States and all that, which is just a different level of football. Illinois is not playing the same game, right? Um, There's going to be games that you lose that you regret, um, but there's also going to be games where you surprisingly win. Um, And the key to all of that is just consistently being competitive. And I think that's the first step we saw last year. Was a team that could just be in games in the fourth quarter, and we've seen Pat Fitzgerald make a career out of that. Mm-hmm. Just just be in games, make less mistakes, make fewer mistakes, and you have a chance to win, and you're going to win most games, uh, even in the Big Ten Conference outside of playing you know the Ohio States and Michigan's right now. Um, so that was step one, and step two was just getting better at, at those things, and you know obviously firing Tony Peterson, hiring Barry Loney has made a huge impact. Getting Tommy DeVito in here has been a huge impact. But the fact that Ryan Walters and what they're doing defensively um, with those guys is is repeatable. That, that's the biggest change from like 2019. That was the year you lost to Eastern Michigan. I, do, I don't know if we remember that. They started two and four that season, and all of a sudden, now you get you get four wins in a row. But let's look back at Wisconsin. It was four turnovers. You knew you got fortune like you forced those turnovers. Right. But that's not easily repeatable that Michigan State game epic as it was one of the best games I've ever covered most memorable games I've ever covered hard to repeat that you can repeat what you've done these last three games
0: well and it's not just repeating it it's the fact that even if you were to play subpar in comparison to the Wisconsin game or the Virginia game That's still a much higher bar. In other words, you know, there's this sort of win expectancy stat, and I forget which place publishes this, but in the first five games, I think the Indiana game, Illinois had a 72% chance to win that game. And that's what made it so frustrating. We felt that, we saw it. Illinois just looked better. You have dominated all five games. All five games, and all the other four were in the 90s. And I'm pretty sure the Wisconsin game was like 98, 99%. (laughs) And there was another interesting point that Jay brought up on Monday's podcast that it, it hit me as I was watching the third quarter. I was so at ease despite being up only four points at half and thinking, you know, even if they just get a field goal to start things off. And for me, I say the play of the game was the fourth and four where it was that little out-patterned Isaiah Williams. Yeah. And just calmly and coolly, they executed it. They finished the drive. And at that moment, I, I had no doubt. And yet in YouTube Live, there were Lani fans understandably thinking, well, it's not over yet because we've seen it a million times. But that's why I keep going back to the fact that this – feels and looks different and the stats would bear that out
1: yeah i think there's always the doubt right and, and i've taken some heat because and all of us don't at want we all picked like a close game we all had like a four-point game but illinois losing because like well it's still illinois they still got things to prove even though i went to that game going man i think they have a real chance to win I, I really do i think they're gonna have chances but those turnovers against indiana and virginia were kind of in my head the red sure. zone struggles but yeah just think about last year you know, what what was missing was a couple first downs. A game. Purdue, Purdue, Maryland. Maryland. Get a couple first downs. 7-5. Seven seven five. Five. <laughs> 6 and 3 in the Big 10.
0: Or or even plays like the kickoff return at Iowa. Not saying that alone would have changed the game, but it felt like it at the time.
1: You were the better team for maybe a half. Yeah. Uh, outside of one special teams play, you were a better team for a half and even Bart Miller told me today like, you know, that that score that game was 33-23, like it was a closer game yeah. uh than that. But now you're just Getting first downs because you can throw the ball a little bit. Not 400 yards a game. No, you you
0: don't need to, though.
1: You can throw the ball a little bit, and you know you can run the ball. You know you can play defense. If if this team doesn't have a ton of penalties and a ton of turnovers, they should win most of the rest of their games. like That's that's where they're at because the Big Ten West is not very good. Uh, They have one of the best running backs in the country, and I think they have – one of the best defensive lines right now in the Big Ten and one of the better secondaries. So, yeah, Carb, you can have confidence knowing that you can rely on some things. Uh, during the Lovey Smith there, I was all reliant on takeaways. And you're still getting takeaways now. Yeah, and you're <laughs> A what, lot top of 10, I believe, in the country yeah. right now in, in takeaways. So you're still doing those things, which is another conversation because Ryan Walter's approach to defense is far different than Lovey Smith, but they just do things that are repeatable repeatable, repeatable. And that's what a Brett Bielema program is all about.
0: You know, I remember hiring Brett Bielema and thinking, I don't need it to be sexy. I just want wins. And mm-hmm. it's easy to say that. And you've had the conversations before this year of, if you're an a Wisconsin fan, you're happy with eight wins until you only get eight mm-hmm. wins. And then you want more. I'd love to be in that position. And hopefully Brett Bielema can do that. Um, but I, I do think there's something to be said about the style of play. And that's another thing that I was not anticipating this year especially now that the offense is closing out drives. This is beyond competence. This is, in many respects, domination. And while it's fun. It, it's fun, and I think that's the key going into this Iowa game, that you know the, the metrics would all say this is going to be a competitive game. And I would agree that for at least the majority of the game, I don't anticipate a blowout. However, back to what you mentioned with what this team is good at, the defensive line and running – You're better than Iowa at both of those things, arguably. The defensive line might be up for uh, discussion, but certainly the running game. But then you throw in the fact that Tommy DeVito is actually a pretty good quarterback. Best quarterback Illinois has had since Shieldhouse. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. I have no doubt about it.
0: And we didn't even need that, but that's what you're getting.
1: Yeah, um, I think with this team, you have multiple answers. Um, If the team's a really good throwing team, yeah, pretty good secondary, and you're starting to get a pass rush, right? Um, if a team's a good running team like Wisconsin, you can shut them down. If you need to throw the ball to win a game, I know it was Chattanooga, but yeah. they did a pretty good job of Chase did. Brown. Um, but that opened up the RPO game. It opened up the pass game. Tommy DeVito, Pat Bryant. And a
0: Pat Bryant touchdown that there was the ineligible man yeah. or holding that brought it back, but you see the options.
1: Yeah, and in Indiana, you were able to throw the ball around a little bit, so you just have multiple options, and, and that's what – you know Iowa lacks right now. Their defense is elite. Like that, Phil Parker's defense continues to be great. Their offense is atrocious. It's like Illinois last year. Um. So again, when we go back to last year. If they just had a competent passing attack, I think that team could have made a lot more noise in the Big Ten West and, and potentially been in the mix. But uh, it's just a well-rounded football team, and I I think it's an entertaining team to watch. Yeah. I mean, defense. Everyone always, I hate when national announcers, when we're watching Bears games, this is what Bears fans want no, to see. Oh, they it's did just it defense. Sunday. Yes. And, and the one of the like, most boring no. NFL
0: games I've I was seen. It's
1: like, in a long time. no, I want a good <laughs> offense. I want to see them throw the ball around. But you know what? I want all of it together. I want to be able to run the ball when I need to run the ball. I want to be able to throw the ball when I can't run the ball. Yeah. And I want to have a competent defense. Uh, but Barry Alani's offense, I think, even though they struggled to score against Virginia and Indiana you could see it was different. Like It was it was, it was moving the ball up and down the field that they just stopped shooting themselves in the foot. They would get it figured out. And it's not surprising that they would have some early struggles, Karp, uh, with a new coaching staff, figuring out his personnel, figuring out what he can do, what he can't do with a new offensive line. That took some time, but now I think you're starting to see, like – Those concepts are working, and they're they're cleaning up some of those mistakes.
0: Well, let's talk about Barry Lunny, because when I heard pace and all those things about him coming in, and I remember the UTSA game last year, uh, what I felt during that game watching UTSA score 30-plus points on offense was I felt off balance. And as I'm watching these games now, I'm having a really hard predicting what he's going to call next. So that's step one. But step two is the fact that the pace that sometimes you see them really hurry it up, I think they're top 10 in the nation in time of possession, which is one of my favorite stats. You, I mean, you know, we talk about takeaways and that's one that often gets thrown around. I always say I like to score first though. Two of these wins. I don't think Illinois has scored first. I think Virginia got a field goal. It was always your key to the game. It was always the key to the game.
1: (laughs) <clears throat> but as saw, I think it just gave you relaxed. It did, right? it did.
0: But and even the Wisconsin game, it, it showed that they were able to take that initial punch. When they, on.
1: when they scored, we we're like, uh oh. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> it, it was the, it was the efficiency with which Wisconsin scored, yeah. and the fact I missed the kickoff, so I'm texting with Isaac and Trevor and find out we had a terrible kick, and they returned it 50 yards or whatever. <laughs> and I thought, oh god, special teams is going to kill us, and now we can't stop the. You no know, high
1: football is back. Uh, yeah,
0: well, I mean, it, there was that moment, but it was the offense and Barry Lunny and the the play calling. <laughs> And just the sort of cool, uh, calm way that DeVito's executing this. And I really think it goes beyond game manager because, man, in the third quarter, that opening drive, I think Pat Bryant had a couple behind the shoulder catches. I mean, it, and, and I'm thinking this is beyond a Kyle Orton-esque yes. game manager. This is a guy that can throw.
1: Yeah, this is more than like, you know. Um, trying to think of Wisconsin quarterback Jim Stobbe, even though Stave. he was one of the better ones, maybe. Yeah, like guys like that that yeah. were just kind of game managers. He's more than that. Um, and and, and a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it isn't showing up. Carpent like chunk plays or do- deep shots or even touchdowns all the time. But you mentioned um, you know they were down at the goal line. It was a third and twelve or something like that. Mm. He got good protection. But his mental clock went off and goes, I got to move and create some more time. He scrambles him and Isaiah hook up for a 12-yard completion, first down inside the five-yard line. Yep. That's that's four points right there that is added to the line of score, assuming they, they can make the field goal. Oh, and how many times have we seen in
0: years past, whether it be Peters or Lunt, yeah. that the biggest problem, and not the biggest, but one of them was maybe pocket awareness. And then all too often on a third and long, they send the heat and down goes the quarterback.
1: Yeah, and the other one was that Pat Bryant. Uh, play which if you watch back and you go back to it uh, it's kind of the same thing he had good protection which kudos the offensive line Uh, but then he rolled out to his right and you can see him motioning to Pat Bryant with his off hand and Pat Bryant comes back Big completion down the field, and that fourth fourth down throw to Isaiah Williams. That was a heck of a throw, but an unbelievable route, uh, a great route by him. But that's a lot of confidence. That's some aggressiveness by Brett Bioma as well. That I think he's got more faith in his offensive coordinator to, to to draw up some of those plays. So I think that's been that's been really huge. Uh, but Tommy DeVito is is really good. I mean, problem with Brandon Peters that I always had was he was talented, he was inconsistent, but did he ha- Could he lift a team? Like I think we saw that with Westwood too. Yeah, because um, one he was physically limited, and, and were they great runners? No, Brandon Peters could get out a little bit, but not not the quickest guy. Uh, Tommy DeVito, when you know stuff's hitting the wall, he can make a play. Uh, and I think he's just got that swagger that they've lacked at the quarterback position, on top uh, of of the talent. So he's he's been great. They just wish he'd they'd have him for another year. I know. And but the great thing is, is, when you have success like this, whether it's Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, a defensive line, what they're doing in the secondary, Chase Brown, or a guy like Tommy DeVito, is it's easy to sell that in the transfer portal nowadays. And, and I
0: do like, and and I know you guys have talked about this well in your podcast, the fact that it seems both revenue sports are embracing the transfer portal and the NIL and all these things that. Talk about opportunities. We'll talk basketball at a later date because this is all about Illini football. Can you believe it? Uh, But it does appear that unlike some foes within the Big Ten West for football and then the Big Ten at large for basketball, that uh, even if the coaches, Bielema and Underwood, they have reservations about this, they aren't letting that on.
1: I think Whitman probably has... like There's parts of it I don't think he likes, and I've talked about it with him, but I think they both see that this is an opportunity for a hungry fan base with a huge alumni base that, that wants to win, especially in basketball. But now in, in football, I think you have a taste of that success. You're going to want more of these fall Saturdays, Carp going to the stadium yeah. where you have a chance to win every game, right? Um, I think they saw this as an opportunity, while some people, Purdue, Wisconsin, um, Michigan, even with their basketball program. Yeah. surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly for a program like that, um, Haven't embraced it. And it's part of the reason I think the Nebraska job is is really uh, enticing to a lot of people is because they're embracing that stuff too. And they want to put their fan base and their alumni base to use. Illinois certainly doing that. uh, And I think they've gone about it the right way as well. But I think it's really smart because they saw it as as an opportunity to kind of level the playing field.
0: I'm going to have an oddly satisfied feeling in a few weeks. There's a shop on campus that sells these NIL things, these jerseys with the kids' names on them. And I'm going to very happily buy my Ty Rogers jersey and know that he's getting... That's my guy. That's my guy. I I figure Sky Clark could be a two-year guy. I feel like Ty Rogers is the four-year, steady big-time veteran.
1: We'll see. But no, I I, I think people are going to love the way he plays. If you had a football guy, who would be the football guy?
0: DeVito would be the easy answer, but uh, after the Chattanooga game, it was Akis. I just absolutely, <laughs> I, and I know that he didn't have the stats against Wisconsin and, and maybe not even School. the hurries. I didn't watch the tape, but uh, yeah, he's, he is very good. I don't know how this dimed in the rough, it seemingly just fell in our lap and wasn't talked about much until <laughs> that name. I had no idea. And I don't even think he was on the spring roster, perhaps. Maybe not. Yeah, he was, wouldn't. He wouldn't hear. It that's right. Spring. And and then it was some of those early podcasts. And then the Chattanooga game was just an
1: eye opener. Yeah. No. Uh, he was. He showed up on campus last year. It Was a two lane commit at the time. But I watched the film. And I go, this guy's really good and he's really big. And they showed up on campus and Joey Wagner looked at me before a game for his official visit and said, "Is that a transfer?" I said, "No." I thought it was Jockus at the time. Gabe Jockus. Is he eighteen? Yeah. So he was when he got here. I think he's still 18, but he's he's insane. Uh, It's one of those guys that I think we missed on Um, when I saw him, and by the end of his recruitment, he was getting recruited like uh, no doubt. I mean, they they won over Tennessee for him. Uh, in Tennessee, you talk about NIL dollars. You talk about a fan base. I mean, Definitely. now top ten team in the country. That was a big recruiting win. Jared Beatty uh, was a big recruiting win over Tennessee as well. So, uh, no, that was that was a big one. Yeah, but I was wondering who you who would be your guy. I mean, Gabe, Ackes is uh, you know, it's a good investment because you can probably get you get three years out of it.
0: I think you do. And then offensively, you know, Chase Brown or Devito would be the easy answer, but probably Pat Bryant. There's something about a really good wide receiver. I had an Aurelius Ben jersey back in the day. Uh, Brandon Lloyd jerseys were almost as popular as Kittner jerseys back in 01 and 02. And, uh, yeah, I I think Pat Bryant would be the one. And it's encouraging to hear that he was running on the sidelines in the fourth quarter. He could have got back in there. It it looked more like a cramp than anything.
1: Yeah, and I I think if people pay attention more to the program, like I – Isaiah Williams man is so easy to root for.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's a good point too. Uh,
1: he's he's so easy to root for, and he I think next year he's probably going to be a team captain. Um, but he's a guy that I get the excitement of Pat Bryant like. Isaiah Williams, what he's done, I know like he has a 20-yard game, then like a 100-yard game, 20-yard yeah, game, but 100-yard game. It's like, going to pop. Touches, it can always pop. I, I love that how Lunny, uh is using him. but uh, he, He's an easy guy to root for, but Ty Rogers would be my basketball. I love watching him play basketball.
0: Okay, so I that that is a safe investment for a jersey. I, I
1: mean, he's a purchase. more t- – yeah, because like, all the little things, all the toughness things he does, plus mm-hmm. he's got talent. If he ever finds a way to have a jumper – like if he shoots twenty five percent from three one year, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to have him for for that wow. next year because okay. he does everything else so well. Like that's Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of built in the model of that. But Sohan shot twenty eight percent from three. That's all NBA needs. Can yeah. you shoot an open jumper? Ty Rogers will have to show that. But he'll, he's going to play a lot, man.
0: It's an NBA factory over there. I mean, and it, 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 I know just the Io DeSumo thing I saw, uh, and we'll get back to football here in a second, yeah. but I know the oven is complete, and I don't know if you've had a chance to...
1: Uh, we are next week. Okay. Because we're going to get in there, because media day is Friday. Uh, I believe they're going to do a media tour either next week or the week after. You
0: already have Io and Kofi painted on the walls. I mean, what a sales job. It sells yeah. itself at this point, point. and I, I was in the tailgate lots for the Chattanooga game, and Underwood's walking past, and my niece says hi, and then he gives her a fist bump, and you know he exudes cool in a way that bill self exuded cool and it, and they I, are on a selfie in recruiting they are right now. they are and you you guys talked with uh, Derek piper and you had that conversation about tim anderson and the year that yeah he and i left had, out
1: dane danger uh, right yeah <laughs>
0: so it's like eight guys well I, I was doing a little conversation on the pod a month ago and i forgot matthew Mayer was on the team yeah You're, you lose track of just these crazy athletes that some of them are four-year players out of high school and some of them are just absolute studs that like a Terrence Shannon Jr. and a Matthew Mayer from Big 12 powerhouses
1: yeah it's amazing what that transfer portal can do because this should be a huge rebuilding year right like we should be talking should about rj melendez is like the leading scorer <laughs> yeah. on this team
0: and he still could be but that you know
1: right he's still going to be a starter and a really important piece and i that bleacher reported a mock draft that had him number 37 you have four guys that are being mentioned in mock yeah. drafts which is which is pretty cool for illinois basketball but to be able to get Terrence chain and matthew meyer and a big part of that's nil you know, some of that, maybe you got break with Terrence Shannon in Michigan, uh, the academic thing. But uh, I, I think it says a lot about that program. And now you don't have to rebuild. You retool. And it, I think they're going to have growing pains. But, um, man, this is probably the most talented Illinois basketball team, I would say, depth-wise, top-end talent-wise. And it's weird to say because I and Kofi were just here. Yeah, sure. But, the, you know, they didn't have a lot of other guys after that. Like, good basketball players, but not a lot of NBA players. Probably the most talented team since 06. it's just how does it all come together how does it all gel
0: yeah definitely uh we'll have basketball conversation maybe in uh later in november or sure. something because i have a few other days off and i appreciate you coming down the studio uh these two games i saw on twitter there was a thread and this i was thinking about this earlier this week the iowa minnesota stretch does kind of remind me of the penn state wisconsin stretch back in 07. you started off three and one and i was actually at indiana the week before the penn state game and I think there was a punt return by, or a blocked return by Vontae Davis. Illinois was flying all over the field. And there was this sense before the Penn State game that we can arrive. Now, it feels like this is a little different in that Illinois has in some ways already arrived and shown that they can beat good programs mm-hmm. like Wisconsin, even if they're down. I kind of view Iowa and Minnesota as a package deal. And if I were to put odds on them winning both, I would put it over 50% right now, just based on what I've seen.
1: Yeah, I think Minnesota is a great test for them. Uh, but I think Iowa is too because how does the team handle success now? I don't think that'll be a big issue. Again, it's kind of the coaching staff. You just have confidence. I'm less concerned about that. Yeah, yeah. in them and uh, just how they prepare and all those things. And, and they expect to win, which is – it's one thing to say it, but then to actually go to Wisconsin and win that game, to go to Penn State last year and win the game, go to Minnesota last year and win that game. Uh, I, I think they've backed that up at this point. But, you know, Iowa – I love the matchup. I said after Chattanooga, and I didn't want to take away too much from Chattanooga, but I said they're going to win one of the next two games. Uh, I just think they're a good football team, mm. and I think they're going to have a chance. I, I thought Iowa because their offense is so bad. Uh, I think Illinois is going to struggle to score points uh, against Iowa more so than Wisconsin because I think Iowa's defense is, is far better. Wisconsin is missing some linebackers and defensive backs from last year. but Losing the tight end hurt and then another one during the game. Yeah, so I, I thought you know going into that game um, I probably should have picked them because of some of those things you're talking about—the injuries they've had, some of the, you know, holes they had in their roster. Iowa doesn't have holes on their defense, um, so that's going to be a huge test for Barry Loney But I agree with you, Carp. Like you went into this stretch, a three-three game stretch, and said you'd win two. Oh, if you won, if you
0: won two uh, going in, I said if you go two and one, you're gonna have a great yeah. season. Yeah, and if relative you found, to what if you are. if you
1: find a way to win two, you're the Big Ten West favorite. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> Right, i just I said that right like, yeah. and, and then you have a nebraska team going on the road i i think nebraska can score um but man their defense i don't think can stop illinois and then purdue is such a so different than any any team in the big 10 west like a lot of these are going to be toss-ups i think northwestern you're going to destroy um just because i think you're a far better football team but like you are setting yourself up if you... I hate using the term, but I'm using it this week, so I apologize. The, the D word. The control of your own destiny. Correct. Like if, if you win the next two games, you do. Because I think all of us are going to say, going to Michigan with nothing to lose.
0: And I'm going now. And we have family up there. So we were considering it. But then after the Chattanooga... <laughs> and I know it's Chattanooga. It's the way you did it. It's yeah. the way you looked. And the, and the Wisconsin game was the ultimate sales job. We're going to talk the ticket situation. in a yeah, bit yeah. Because yeah. you had... You had a, soapbox if you want to say that at the end of the last pod, and i was like eh, you know uh, the fact that you as the objective journalist were thinking some of those things i've got a lot of feedback about that too
1: yeah and i got i got a thought about that but um yeah i had to sit here at carp today because i'm going to vegas that week to cover Illinois the basketball.
0: ucla game of Friday, and then, ucla and right.
1: baylor like that is the bigger thing me and piper are going to be there wagner's yep. going to be uh at michigan so we get vegas he gets ann arbor but i sat there and i asked they're eight and two Going to that game? Do I fly from Vegas <laughs> to Detroit? A red eye. Go to yeah, yeah. go to Ann Arbor, cover that game, and then come back to Vegas. Because when
0: you say eight and two, that is factoring in another possible loss. And I do think right. that with this team, as good as they played, produced good. We yeah, we saw in the Indiana game that even when you play well. Yeah. College football is weird, and that's why the Nebraska game—I cannot shake it for the life of me. Yeah, why that
1: just? But that because could go for anyone. Because you could still lose a game you don't expect right. to lose, and uh, let's be honest—like I was still pretty good. Great defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minnesota's a well-balanced team. I I can't wait for that matchup. I I think they're two very similar teams going up against each other. Uh, So I think that's going to be a fantastic matchup. Purdue is, I think it's a good matchup for Illinois based on their defense. Uh, And Purdue, I think, will struggle in the trenches against Illinois. I like
0: playing them later, too. Not that I'm going to say, oh, it's going to be cold weather and that's not conducive to passing offense, but it does help when you got Chase Brown and they don't.
1: But Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones are the best quarterback wide receiver duo on the West, right? Mm-hmm. Like so it's um it's it's really fascinating that matchup. Uh Michigan State I think you should win. I think you're far better coached yeah, than I that don't. team. And, and
0: you know, we say that it's Bears fans. the Mel Tucker thing, he only had a year <laughs>
1: at Colorado, maybe two. But all of us when he got that contract, well, we're like, already? already? One year? Yeah. One year and you're doing that? It seemed um, it reeked of
0: Desperation
1: Reeked of, we are so scared of him becoming Saban. Yeah. Uh, and I think Jimmy Sexton did a hell of a job with the LSU thing, mm-hmm. saying he was the candidate and pushing that. So good for Mel Tucker, but I, I just thought I was surprised at that. He's not a $10 million man. So, I you know, for if somebody. I had to project Illinois right now, I mean, it's weird to say, but like, isn't like eight, eight and four the expectation?
0: Well, I I I nudge my expectations. Like go four and said, three the rest of the way. I said seven and five from the outset, and that was still for me a best case scenario based before the season even started on what I thought was a winnable schedule.
1: I thought the best case scenario was seven and five. I thought the worst case, if injuries happen, four and ten mm-hmm. or four and eight, excuse me. So I, I decided to split the difference and go six and six and, and make a bowl game. Uh, I didn't expect the defensive line to be this dominant. Um, and I didn't expect maybe Tommy DeVito to be this good. Mm. Uh, I expected him to be an improvement. I, I didn't know if I expected him to be this good. and I did think special teams, which is a weakness for this team, uh, might hurt them a little bit more, but it already did against Indiana. I think it's going to be a big part of this matchup against Iowa as we is, saw last year yeah you can't turn the ball over and special teams is an issue because they're special teams their kicker's really good their punter's one of the best in the country they have a good returner in Caleb Johnson even though they lost Charlie Jones so those little things that that's what's going to make a difference in these next couple games I don't expect another Wisconsin but I didn't expect that at Wisconsin either
0: yeah I don't either and, and this is one where I feel like and I, I felt this way against Wisconsin that Midway through the second quarter, you're going to kind of have an inkling. Is this going to be a game where I was just going to hang and hang? Because that's really what their MO has to be this year because they don't score. And if you go into halftime and it's a three-point lead, you pucker up a little, I think, as fans, because this is where we can maybe transition into the where the fan base is at uh, or where they are not just yet. Yeah. Because of time and time again feeling like the rug got pulled out from under you, you know, you talked to Jay Monday about a game that I was at, and it, it still sticks in my craw and probably even more in his. One of the sleepiest, most boring games you could ever see was the 10-6 loss at Iowa City in 07. No business losing that game.
1: You win that one. You you win the Big Ten championship. I Correct. think people forget that.
0: Yes, and while the rest of the season was great, that was one because it's Iowa, and you had that on top of the fact it was just a frustrating loss. There was no team that Ill- Illini fans would rather beat than Iowa. 08, the the game at home. If you recall, and I, I would assume you maybe were reporting
1: it at that time. I, I was a student in the. I I covered basketball when I was at okay. DI. So, but I, you were at
0: the game though.
1: Yeah, I was there. Do
0: you recall late in the game, despite winning? Oh
1: wait, I kind of like blacked out, man. I was going to ask you. Oh seven because I didn't get student tickets when I was a freshman. Yeah. It was Illinois football. Nobody cared. I came to Illinois to cover Illinois basketball. And a metaphorical blackout, correct? (laughs) Yeah. I know it was college, but (laughs) no, but, um, second year, like second year I worked in the SID office. So I was doing the PR thing and I realized, I don't want to do PR. I want to report. Sure. Um, so I was, I was at the games, but I, I don't remember a lot of those. I remember the Ohio game was cold as hell. 06. Juice Williams came into the game. Yeah. You feel like it was his first kind of real action because they finally benched Tim Brasic.
0: That was Frank Solich yeah. coaching for Ohio.
1: Yeah. So And he had a good career there, by yeah. the way. Um, just retired here recently. But like 07, I remember going in that year, like we got tickets. The new student section was there. Mm-hmm. And there was like, hey, we're going to be a bowl team. Like... What what do you like? What were your expectations? Because you remember that stuff a little bit more. Because yeah. you were an Illinois football fan. Like I watched the Sugar Bowl team because my brother was going to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that season, like I remember, the Penn State one was big, but that Wisconsin. Oh, that was the game. Uh, that was like, oh, they're this good. Like, and especially Mendenhall. Mendenhall is that good.
0: Yeah, I the 07 season, I expected a bowl game. I, I was at the Missouri game, which was. Those 07-08 Missouri games, while you lost both of them were great. super exciting games and it was just shootouts, you know. Uh, but then it was and if you recall in the oh seven year, you came back after the Missouri game and I think you beat Western Illinois 17 to 10. Yeah. Or something like that. So nothing great yet. Like,
1: but then did Miller score a touchdown in that one? Was I think so, <laughs> yeah.
0: You went to Syracuse the following week and you smoked them. Yeah. Um something about domes that year. The Syracuse and Minnesota games, you just ran all over them. And then I went to the Indiana game where you started three and one. And that is when it began to feel a little bit different. Uh, the Iowa game was so frustrating because it was the true letdown. It was yeah, yeah. The, the hangover effect, which I always use that narrative. But in this case, it was after two huge home wins.
1: The Michigan, uh, and then Hudson the Michigan, fumble.
0: the muff punt, yep. And then just getting bowl eligible the next week against Ball State. I have never been happier after a MAC win. <laughs> never. I mean, it, it was just a big deal to finally get back to a bowl game. I remember vividly, though, in terms of expectations in November, the Minnesota game was wow. I mean, I think even Walter Mendenhall was able to get like 10 carries in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Smoked him before the Ohio State game. And I had I, I just turned 21 the month before, so I go to CBS that morning. and I get a bunch of booze for Ohio State-Illinois party. And it just clicked to me when I was in the line that I think we got a pretty good shot here. Yeah,
1: I legitimately I re- thought that. I vividly remember that because we were in the, the fraternity house. And when, when they won and Juice had that drive, um, we said, what do we do? <laughs> we said what go down green street yes so we, I, don't know if street. I don't know if i've told anyone this story um we go like we just go let's run to the alma mater <laughs> <laughs> let's climb the alma mater. that was
0: all we knew to do too yeah yeah
1: so we we just ran there we start hearing hooting and hollering yeah we get to the alma mater i am on the alma mater like if you get the di from that day I'm on the front page wow. of the TI on the alma mater. And do you then, have it still? I don't think I, I don't know if my mom has it or what, but uh, I remember that day. Uh, but then like, right, like, so what do we do now? Because like Green Street was full Yeah. and somebody just goes, let's run to the stadium. Oh, okay. So See, everyone, we did
0: not do that, but I remember a big group. There's a stampede
1: of people going down fourth street. <laughs> I mean, this is a mile run for yeah. all of us. Yeah. There's one door open in Memorial Stadium. We all get in. People start. I'm, one of my buddies, I know to this day, was was on the uh, the goalpost. We're trying to bring it down. And somebody's like, guys, the goalposts don't come down. Like People falling off this. Stuff. <laughs> so the cops finally come in. They go, you guys got to get out of here. Uh, but they, they didn't really help us because you know, everyone's just nervous about getting arrested. Sure. Right? Um, so they didn't like open a door so we could all go. We all had to jump the fence outside the practice fields wow. to get out of there. Where the Smith Center
0: is now? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that was a very dangerous night it ended up being. But um, yeah, it was, that was a really cool thing. But then they followed it up with 2008. <laughs> I know. Well, and we'll
0: get to OA in a bit because that, that of any season is the, the one. Uh, I always felt like Zook was the missed opportunity. But we got Bielema now, which is good. But that game against Ohio State, when I knew we were going to win, and this might sound premature, but... Dufresne fumbled before he reached the goal line on that first long run to go up 7-0. He fumbled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they didn't review it. And I think being a young Alani fan that still vividly remembered the Anthony Thomas yeah. game in 01 or the 02 game against Ohio State where Walter Young got a touchdown, but they didn't call it a touchdown. I thought, okay, whatever juju is going on here uh, is completely reversed from what I was used to. I thought, yeah. well, if we're getting a break like that, it's going to happen. You're right, though. The fourth quarter... Until the third quarter against Wisconsin, I, different circumstances, but I asked my YouTube Live people on Saturday, most impressive quarter since. And that was the third quarter on Saturday, the most impressive quarter since the fourth quarter at Ohio State, Yeah, I think. man,
1: they, they just completely dominated. Um, it was The first drive was so impressive. And the fact that they had, what, three penalties or whatever, four penalties called back-to-back, two on Wisconsin, two on Illinois. But two touchdowns get wiped off the board, you're thinking, oh, that's gonna be the story. Or that could be the story. Like yeah. you know, throughout the game, we're kinda of like marking notes of like what are the what are the big moments here? And, and that felt like a big moment, but they found a way to get the ball in the end zone anyway. They scored three times mm-hmm. on that drive. And you're thinking, Oh, they got this. They got this. And then to get another stop, get another stop, and the offense goes down and scores again. And of course, the the th- Illinois thing happens to wisconsin right you think of all the breaks bad breaks illinois gets they muff the kickoff and it's right back to illinois and they score they just score off that and then the chase brown big run another uh big moment for him whether it's doke walker or getting heisman votes like that those are the moments you need if he keeps
0: this up he will
1: yeah if, if you need you know I, I i wrote about this this week like you know i i he's not gonna win the heisman because cj stroud's gonna go nuts but can illinois get a guy to new york or can That'd illinois cool. just get a guy in the top 10 voting I think he's on his way to doing that if he leads the country in rushing, if he leads the Big Ten in rushing, and Illinois has an eight and four or, nine, or a nine and three season. Because mm. look at Kenneth Walker last year, and I went back to Kenneth Walker through the same amount of games. Chase Brown has fifty more yards. Kenneth Walker had more touchdowns, so that certainly helped him. Yeah, but then Kenneth Walker had like nine hundred yards his last, you know, seven games or whatever it was. Chase Brown could do that. You know, Chase Brown can. Break Mikell Shore's record, and if he does that, I think he's going to get some Heisman votes.
0: This may be nitpicky, but I hope that the inability to get Chase Brown rushing touchdowns from the one or two yard line, which has been the case in Indiana, Wisconsin, I hope that doesn't become something that would keep him out based on stats. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know because he much, had to go the QB sneak. You yeah, had to.
1: I don't know how much that should matter, but if Illinois is successful and he's you know leading the Big Ten and rushing or. One of the top leaders in the country in rushing, I, I think he'll he'll be. I mean, it's been since what? Kirk Hitner. Yeah. Since Illinois had a guy in the vote. Um, and before that, I believe Jeff George was the guy before. Maybe, that.
0: I, and I don't know if a Rice or Hardy. No, got votes. because defense it's just a bucket award. So, right.
1: Uh, you know, it's a hard award for running backs to win, and Illinois, I think, would have to, you know, be in the Big Ten championship game for sure. For or maybe ten wins for him to be maybe a finalist, but uh, the fact that we're talking about this carp is, is, is pretty amazing. And it's you know, chase Brown's a really, really talented guy, but it's also offensive line is much better um, than I thought it was going to be coming into the year. And, you know, it's just a really good offense. With Barry
0: Before I let you go, I want to talk about the, the fan aspect of this, which is kind of twofold. One of them would be the ticket sales and the other would be just the, uh, what would be keeping a fan from jumping all yep. in I'm all in. I mean, after the Indiana game, I said you've
1: been buying tickets for years, Carp. Yeah, but I
0: have not been going in consistently. I had reached the point where I said, if we got a TV and we got a signal, I need to see it. And after the Indiana game, I was really stubborn. I said, I'm not going in the Virginia game. Had a fun time watching it. Um, And then went into Chattanooga. And then especially after Saturday, I'm I'm going in. The FOMO that Josh Whitman talked about has come true for me. And I think a lot of Alani fans, but not to the extent that maybe... Uh, certainly I would hope.
1: Yeah. I, I said this at the end of my pod. Um, I I don't want to spend any other people's money. And I, I do, like we had on our message boards, like everyone's talking about ticket prices this week when you're going into an Iowa game. Yeah. yeah. But I understand it because it didn't make any sense to me that Illinois is pushing and Brett Bielma is pleading and Josh Whitman's calling, hey, it's our turn to, to show up. To have a flat rate of $75 didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that now they come out with the tickets of four pack for $109 for the to, horseshoe. to get in the horseshoe or I think it's East balcony. It, it, I would there? assume
0: East balcony too, cause that's yeah. been empty.
1: So, so they, they only some tickets there. Okay. Now, now I think it's fine. I don't know why they didn't have that on Saturday right after the right win away. and have that prepared. So I, I think there's fair criticism for that. But I also think with that deal now, with that being said, uh, to get in the door for, for 25 bucks for your family, for the whole family to go for $109, um, even if you're only going to take two people and bring two friends with you, as Billie said, bring a bus with you. I would, I would definitely have FOMO if I'm not at this game. Maybe they don't win it, but this could be the best moment for Illinois football since the Arizona State game. And, at home. and
0: the Arizona State game at the time felt big. In it was. 3-0. Hindsight, you're right. In hindsight, it lost. It has lost its luster.
1: I think it's the biggest game. Somebody asked me this. Yeah. Biggest game since when? I think it's that year against Ohio State because Ohio State was wounded. Luke Fickle's the interim coach. Like it wasn't as good of a team. They couldn't throw the ball. They only threw it three times four times here four in, times. We
0: were at Murphy's the day before. And An Ohio State fan came up to us and he he guys, basically lost.
1: Yeah. like Ohio State fans thinking Illinois is going to kill them. And you lost that game. Like that was a big moment for the Ron Zooker, and I think the team fell apart uh, after that because the Minnesota game or whatever, that was uh, ridiculous. Well, well,
0: the next week was at Purdue. Just a sleepy loss. Yeah. So Derek Demke um, missing the field goal at Penn State.
1: But if you're an Illinois fan that's been like, hey, I need to see it, haven't you seen it the last three weeks? Haven't you seen it most of the season? I know Indiana, how frustrating that was. And even after the game, I'm like, man, with that kind of loss, it just... Do you? Is it ever going to happen? Well, they've responded, man. Um, So they've answered that question. That column doesn't look so good in in, in the hindsight. Well, I was worried about that though. Yeah, but like it's it's like, can they find the traction? Because it felt like a missed opportunity, and it still is. Because you'd be five and zero and ranked right now going into this matchup, and have even more. But the point is, like, if you're not going to support the team now and go to this game with twenty five bucks, and maybe some people can't afford that. So I'm not talking to you, but yeah. If you can afford to go to the game, this feels like the time to go. Like, Do you need to see the Iowa win to go to Minnesota? For me, this would be it. And I think Josh Whitman is going to support Brett Bioma and he's going to show all that. But don't you want to show those players and the coaching staff, which Brett Bioma, I don't think he's going to leave here, but like, if he had 40,000 there and they win against Iowa, and he's like, man, I'm bringing all these recruits here. Mm-hmm. I want to win here. Do the fans want to win here? I know my AD does. I know all that. I think it's the opportunity for the fans, like they have with basketball in recent years, to show that we want to be a big-time football program. So that's why I kind of ended my podcast with that because I think it's important uh, to have that support when you look at you know Purdue against Penn State. That that crowd was nuts. That was a fantastic atmosphere. Even though they didn't win, um, that showed that that fan base, which is insane for basketball card. Like yeah. Mackey. Oh, sure. Is a different level. Like, I, I don't never, expect to win there this year. It doesn't I matter nev- how bad they are. <laughs> I never thought somebody could surpass Indiana just because the acoustics of that place, the walls of people. Well, you were there last year, right? Mackey. The last two years has been insane. Uh, Illinois won one, they lost one, hmm. but like it's just been an insane atmosphere. I think Illinois. You and I saw it in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. It can be a great home field advantage that can excite people, that can excite recruits. So, listen, I know it's not going to sell out. But man, 50,000, why, 50. wouldn't, why wouldn't you want 50,000 people here? You can get like, 50. Why wouldn't, why, I, I just don't understand. Like, If you can make that trip, if you can make the day of it, why wouldn't you want that? I, I understand hotels cost money, all that. Yeah. It's a late night, all that. So, but this feels like the moment for Illinois football. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of it. So.
0: It's a no-brainer for me. I saw the $75 and I understand the reluctance with that. But yeah. you know, as a concert goer, for me, it's all. I'm very much experiential. Yeah. I don't need stuff, even though you see I got a bunch of crap down here. But most of the crap down here has to do with an experience. So it's yeah. a commemorative thing because I like to log memories. I like to log moments. And you mentioned this being a moment. I think it is. I, I think that the buzz that I feel around 6 o'clock, um, both you know, (laughs) both chemical and just natural, (laughs) Uh, the buzz walking into that stadium will be unlike something I felt probably since 07 because I think the difference between, let's say, an Arizona State in 11 and this or the stripe the stadium against Ohio State in this is that felt like if Zook's going to do it, it's got to be now. And I, I remember actually walking into the lots with my mom on that Ohio State game and she asked, so why, you know, it was midway through the afternoon and she asked, why is it not like packed and why is there not more excitement? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I think a lot of people are still kind of wait, taking a wait-and-see approach with Zook. And that was year seven.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, this is year two. They're far ahead of schedule for anything I could have predicted when Brett Bielema took the job. And, I mean, there's been moments this week where I've pinched myself and still can't really believe that I'm in a position with a 4 and one team and an opportunity to be ranked and control their own division destiny yeah. in week six of the season.
1: This turns out it could be a special season relative for Illinois. Yeah. yeah. If you get to a Big Ten West, if you get to the Big Ten championship, probably Ohio State's going to run you, right? But just have have that week and that experience and just have the run up, the journey of that uh, would be monstrous for this program. And I I think a win against Iowa Carp, you're ranked. um, You know, you've been struggling to get the top in state prospects. I don't know if you can turn that in this recruiting class, but all of a sudden, the next recruiting class, you're going, why are you going to Wisconsin? Look what we're doing. Why are you going to Iowa? We just beat them. Why are you going to Minnesota? We just beat them. We beat them for a Big Ten West championship. Um, I I think all of that is on the table, and it's just such a big moment. And I think, again, I go back to Brett Bielma fired his offensive coordinator, his first hire here on his staff after one season, because he knows the time to capitalize is very short. The window is very short. Mm -hmm. Lovey Smith didn't understand that. So he went to all these young guys well, all of a sudden you're losing and you're losing and losing. It's hard to turn that thing around. Um, Brett Bielema understands, like, I have to take advantage of this now. And I think fans got to understand that as well. It's like, this isn't guaranteed to continue into next year, the year after. You have to take advantage of your opportunities. I think P.J. Fleck, no matter if you like him or not, has done that extremely well. Yeah, he has. Um, and, you know, Michigan State maybe it didn't last year but there's programs that certainly have done that and i think brett bielman understands like this is the time that, that we can surprise have a special year Maybe get to the Big Ten championship. Go to a January bowl game in Florida or something like that. I
0: want the not that's the, out the table, Outback no. Bowl anymore. But I just give me the Outback Bowl. I remember in the Sugar Bowl year I, when it became apparent they could just make a January one bowl game. Yeah. I don't need the Rose. I don't need the Sugar. I just want something on New Year's Day. I can wake up. You don't at want ten thirty in the morning.
1: I'm December 26th. No, you don't. I take Music City. Well, whatever.
0: Maybe you fantastic. know, pinstripe maybe. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the fact that they are this close to being bowl eligible this early and that i i don't have the pit in the stomach feel i'll have the nervous energy yeah. on saturday i won't have the pit in the stomach and if it were to kind of pop up it would be based not on what this team has done but it would be based on past experience and to be honest when it comes to predicting what's going to happen saturday the only thing that's keeping me from just 100 saying illinois got this is just some past disappointments against iowa which have nothing to do yeah. with this team.
1: And I was a really good defensive team. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, what, what's the opportunity that is in front of them, but as they know, it can be fleeting. It, it can be fleeting. So you got to, st- you know, prep, you almost a stacking and day, stack days, you got stack wins. Uh, and that's hard to do in the big 10 conference. And the teams that do obviously can, can win uh, division titles here. So, um, I think if they get one of the next two, that's really good. If they get the next two, man, this is this is um, a season that could be really, really special. You know, you think of them how many how many years are there? Oh one and oh seven. Yeah, really. I wouldn't were,
0: count ten or eleven, which which had the opportunity to be.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't even count nineteen, even though it was fun on the second half. Because,
0: ended with a thud.
1: Yeah, ended with a thud. Started with a thud. So um, this could be one of the you think about it for a generation of alumni fans. This could be one of the most memorable seasons which i didn't think was going to happen uh before the season so it's a it's a real kudos to those players and the staff
0: i mean you're the objective journalist here but this is more fun yeah yeah
1: oh yeah uh people ask me about that all the time i mean you're always rooting for the good story yeah
0: right but there's been too many good stories that have been based on coaching searches or
1: yeah i got tired of the coaching search man that's frustrating it's really intense pressure during coaching searches and all that this is fun uh, because, one, people want to read about it. I've covered a lot of Illinois football games, Carp, that no one wanted to read about. I understood it. I still had to cover them. But we did all that work so that one day, I kept telling Piper one day, someday Illinois basketball will be good, and we're going to cover some big-time games, and people are going to care. And then Illinois football. I kept saying, eh, maybe they'll be maybe. good Maybe. We point. didn't know. Maybe, <laughs> they'll, maybe they'll make a bowl game every other year. Uh, it, was kind of, it was kind of my hope, just so they can be relevant. Um, I think they're going to be relevant, uh, under Brett Bielma and this coaching staff. And even if Ryan Walters leaves, I'm confident that, you know, at some point Brett Bielma can hire his replacement, whether it's this year, next year, the year after, but it's a really good thing. I talked to somebody the other day in the program, uh, who said, you know, I looked around the office when Lovey Smith was here and I said, I don't know if there's another head coach here. Now there's that person said, the staff, maybe. I think there might be three or four within the next five years. Uh, so that. That's really impressive uh, what he's been able to do. But yeah, for us, you know, I I went to Illinois, grew up in Illinois. You know, your objectivity comes in because you have to, to do this job. But I'd love to cover an NCAA tournament run. That's fun to do. People care. You write stories that people care about. Or you write a feature. All of a sudden, a line eye fan, nobody was interested in what I had to write about Austin Taitzma. Even though I thought he was a fascinating guy who was yeah, easy to root yeah. for people are interested in hearing about Johnny Newton or Keith Randolph or Gay Backus. Yeah. Gay Ackes or Chase Brown, you know what I mean? So like, that's fun that, that people care about your work, the support from all, from all the fans has been great, but that's why I wanted to do this job, Carp is I thought, you know, as Illinois kind of lessened. I thought the coverage of them kind of lessened and I thought we could do it better. And I think we've been doing it better to prepare for, for moments and seasons like these where, man, this is a fun, fun season, Ah, uh, the interaction on our podcast, on our website, the the support with subscriptions has has been phenomenal. So yeah, that makes it a lot more fun, man, because you're covering big games. That's part of why I got into this business is I was not good enough. <laughs> Athletically, I was not born with the traits uh, to be good enough to do this. But I, I loved being around the sport. And you know, when I go into a stadium and the game starts, I get jitters just like yeah. fans do, just like uh, the players do. Now, if they lose, I don't take it as hard as you or somebody else because I'm just covering the story. Sure, yeah. But when they, when they lose to Indiana, I'm like – Oh man, people are going to be asking when's basketball season.
0: Well, and then you probably saw a direct correlation with how many right. views on articles and how many. I know my, and I told you before we hit record that that Indiana post game podcast. I was surly in that one, but it so was, you got to
1: keep doing the job. But it's like you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to matter as it's much. It's going to reach gonna less receive.
0: ears and less eyes, and yeah. and that's a little bit dejecting. But uh, yeah, I, I think that. As we enter this game on Saturday, and I do kind of view this as a twofer. I think that as long as they get one, people are still feeling great about it. And that there's a good opportunity to get both. Um, it, it does appear... I had this weird thought. I, I dug up an old Fourth and Kirby shirt that said the 80s belonged to the Alani. We're only here 20s. in 2022. Yeah. Doesn't it kind of feel like that? I mean, the, all the excitement I always heard about the Mike White era. Yeah. I, I start uh, to feel that
1: energy. Was it Stoner? Was it Neil Stoner?
0: I AD? think he was the 80s AD. And then he got fired amidst some of the mid eighties. And then Makovic was AD and coach.
1: Um, Josh Whitman is really good at this. He is. He's, he's really good at this. And I think he had to learn some on the job. Um, I think he'd like that Lovey Smith hire back, but I think he learned something about the program. And, you know, even though Lovey didn't have success, I think Lovey helped them get that building, um, which was a very important part uh, of what Illinois football is doing. But, the guy cares, man. And he's got a way of rallying the troops and rallying the dollars uh, to put into this program. You know, the, the financial work that they got to do and debt and all that, I'm not yeah. smart enough to figure out, but he seems like he's maneuvering that pretty well. And uh, he took care of the, the number one thing in people's hearts, which is basketball. He's got them excited about that. Takes
0: all that I've mentioned. Fan pressure before when the basketball team is good. Yeah, there is so much less fan pressure for everything else.
1: Uh, and the other thing is now he's taking care of the wallet, which is why fan uh, attendance is so important. You know, Big Ten money. He's he's got the benefit of that that maybe some ads didn't have in, yeah. in years past, of course. So those dollars are, are coming in, but he's got to situate them because I, with all this realignment cart and you know super conferences or whatever don't you like have like this, uh, we're in 2035. Mm. Could there be relegation? Could there be like, <laughs> you know, if, if you're Oregon yeah. state or you're Washington state, like they could be left out to go to the mountain West yeah, they and could. go down a level. Like if you're Illinois, listen, I think you're like sixth from the bottom or seven from the bottom because your program is, uh, so many alumni. There's so much money that comes into this program. But, like you want to set yourself up to so where that's not a problem. Like he is setting his basketball program up to be a perennial contender. Yeah. And now football, Looks like it's going to be in the mix, like in the battle, at least with like Minnesota has that right now in football.
0: And like, it's not just these conversations are happening, not just because of attrition from these other programs. It'd be one thing if we were just sort of holding the line and everyone else just suck, but it's. The thing is, like while the ACC,
1: they're... right? Like yeah, like, yeah, you know, some of the—I like, don't want to say about Wake Forest, but like, but it's a fair comp. But like, did Duke win some football games? Go to some bowl games? They the went ACC? to a couple
0: ACC championships
1: because the the ACC just got worse. I mean, Cutcliffe was was solid, but yeah, it feels it feels more it feels like there's more meat on the bone uh, with this football season. I thought last year's football season had a lot of meat on, it, but one of the best stats of last year's football season, Carp, they kind of got an overlook because you went four and five. You outscored your Big Ten opponents. Yeah. For the first time in eleven years. Yeah, the eleven team. <laughs> yeah, There's ten. Yeah, because eleven you did not. Um, so like that was the, that was the first time you'd outscored your Big Ten opponent. So, the fact that you're doing that, the last three games you've played, and I understand Chattanooga's involved in that, you've outscored eighty nine to thirteen. You just crushed Virginia twenty four to three. They're a mess, by the way. Twenty Elliott doesn't yeah. look like he's gonna be very good. Um, but the fact that what well, you just you did, did, Wisconsin. Um, you know, Wyoming's won some football games since you last played them and you absolutely dominated them. So I think it's, it's easy to believe that this is going to continue uh, moving forward, which, yeah, just to go back to like, I think Josh Whitman, like I've been saying, even though the Lovey Smith fire, uh, Lovey Smith thing happened and um, Nancy Faye was a disaster. Everyone in that athletics program believes in that guy. And and that's what you have to have. You have to have somebody people believe in. They did not believe in Mike Thomas in that building. The donors did not believe in Mike Thomas, whether it's Josh Whitman being just incredibly intelligent, which he is. um, And I'm not trying to carry his water. Just it's proven out here. Um, Or if it's just because he cares and is so passionate about this because he's from here, he's of here, his, his, his tenure is taking a turn here and taking a really, really good turn.
0: It has. And, and as we talked about earlier, I do think that this is the the moment, the window of opportunity goes beyond just what other teams are doing, but that he and Bielema and Underwood have adopted a mindset that I think actually works in this college sports climate. and
1: It works here, too.
0: And it does work here. There, there is a, and I think that Steve Greenberg wrote an article about this in the Sun-Times before, he still predicted Wisconsin win, and I think most people still did. but that he had
1: my like covering, but not winning, which I think we yeah, all did. Yeah,
0: but he, he had even mentioned something that, you know, that's the personality in breadth that you need down there you need a guy that can kind of puff out his chest a little
1: bit well and i've i've talked i've talked with brad about this they're very similar personalities very uh brett and brad yeah, brett, yeah. brad like they are and i talked to brad about Brett about they like they are just wired the same way they're both really i mean they're both cocky mm-hmm. but there's reasons to it uh and i think that swagger really plays here but they they both want to be here uh and that's why I found the Lovey Smith hire. I thought him and PJ Fleck were going to be such an interesting contrast, because PJ, that job is the most important thing to him. Lovey, no matter what he did here,
0: it wasn't was, his legacy. This
1: was never going to be the first line of his obituary. Mm-hmm. For Brett Bielema, this is his lasting legacy. For Brad Under, this was his big opportunity. He'd worked thirty years to get to someplace like Illinois, and, and Oklahoma State was obviously a good opportunity, but yeah, this was yeah. a different level. Uh, and why he came here um, for Brett Bielema, he wants to prove he does not ride Barry Alvarez's coattails, and he didn't want Arkansas to be the last thing, and then just become a position coach in the NFL for the next fifteen years. Yeah, I think this really matters to him. And Lawrence Holmes asked me today, like, would you worry about Brett Bielema getting stolen? And I go, you know, Nebraska, I would reach out to him if I were them. You know, if Iowa came open in a couple of years, that's obviously his alma mater. Yeah, but I think for Brett. He could be the guy here, like Kirk Ferentz, Hayden Fry. I don't think you'd ever be able to be better than, um, unless you won a national championship, right? Like Brett here, you could have Brett Bealum away on, on Kirby Avenue if he has 15 years of solid success of making bowl games, maybe winning a Big Ten West championship, yeah. or you know having top 25 finishes. Uh, he did that thing at Arkansas to try and be the national champion. Like, I think he understands this is a really good spot for him, and he's got an AD It's going to pay him. Like he, I think you're going to see a big, big contract raise and extension after this year.
0: We had 10 years where we couldn't talk about good football, and here we are. I mean, yeah. and even the years that were kind of interesting in 10 and 11 ended with thuds, and so did 2019. So this is a far cry from that. I'm sure it's fun covering it. I love watching it and just sort of uh, riding this, I can't even say roller coaster, because there's been one dip. And uh, even that left you with more positives than negatives, so it feels pretty good.
1: Most exciting game you've been for most excited you've been for for a game and how long?
0: yeah i would say the wisconsin game in 07 because having beat penn state the week before that it felt like okay that was one now let's see even if they would have had a really close game against wisconsin but i vividly remember tailgating or actually pre-gaming at a friend's apartment beforehand and lee corso predicted illinois to beat number five wisconsin and thinking well what the hell let's just win
1: and 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 each each win makes each next game it's so much like if say See so you lose to Iowa, and you, you come back and, and you're able to beat Minnesota. That's still huge, right? You still are 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten, still have a big opportunity to win this division. But if you beat Iowa, all of a sudden you have a chance against Minnesota to, again, control the West uh, going into the final stretch of the season after an off week with Nebraska and Northwestern still on the schedule. Like That, to me, makes like that Minnesota game would then be the biggest game since. Right, it would be You're I right. Won. There's a build like, there's
0: a build to it. And and for me, part of the fun of football is that when you are winning, you get to enjoy it for seven days. Yeah. Basketball, well, that's, the that's beauty why, is you two days later, if you have a bad loss, you can come right back out and try it again.
1: That's why getting to the second weekend. I kept saying that throughout the uh yeah, return last season was like you get that week of, or five days mm-hmm. of being like, we're in the Sweet 16. I you want get to that week. savor that. People are talking about you. You're like, oh, I can't wait for this matchup. Like, you didn't have that the last two years. It was so quick to end what were two great seasons. Football, you get to live in it a little bit more.
0: You, you do get to live in it. And uh, it, it reminds me that as much as I am an Alana basketball nut, like that is for me, as long as they're good, I'm going to be okay. And they are back at that level. But this is reminding me, as 01 did, I was a, a freshman in high school in 01 i was a junior in college in 07 which are great ages mm-hmm. to have special seasons and in living those falls there's something about when the air turns cooler and you get to the lots early on the dew soaked grass and it's just it's just different because yeah. for about a decade it was just let's tailgate and have fun with friends but it's a whole hell of a lot more fun when oh guys we, we got to get in it's 30 minutes to kick off and you're not and, and you're not a joke no, we aren't a joke. You, you and uh, Joey mentioned that, hey, we, we don't suck anymore. <laughs> as opposed to the, we, I think, had a hot key back in 93 5. We suck again yeah. from Rob Schneider from The Waterboy. But uh, they don't. And we can at least objectively say that. And as I said on Monday's podcast, everything tells us this team is objectively good. Like, so get on board. They're, they're good.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, opposing beat writers are now messaging me like, man, this team's good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're, they're legit. Like, nobody's laughing at Illinois football. Yeah, and
0: I think that the last gasp of that sense would have been some of the, like the Wisconsin 24-7 guy. Listen, I get why he predicted that. When they went up 7-0, I was like, oh God, it's just going to be one of those things where they're established, we aren't, and then it is what it is. Uh, But I do think that the importance of that game goes beyond that Saturday. And uh, you can say a rival game or whatever you want to, but you getting texts and calls from opposing guys... Maybe begrudgingly some of them saying, Wow, like that that's pretty good.
1: Well, when I was on WGN today, I shot something for them mm-hmm. I was on the score today. Like they're they're taking notice. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's really important to get this moment because the more you do that, the more people talk about like what's going down in Champagne, the more recruits look at, it, the more fans come down here, the FOMO thing, like that builds on itself. So I think this is a really important moment for for Illinois to take advantage of. Excellent.
0: Well, Jeremy, appreciate you popping by. You're a busy guy this week. And hopefully, I mean, as a fan, I'm hoping that you are incredibly busy for the next six or seven weeks and that you actually have to make that call (laughs) as to whether you get the red eye from Vegas to the Detroit airport.
1: And uh, do I have to make a stop in Indianapolis before going to New York City for for Texas?
0: Even even if it is to get the doors blown off of us for Ohio State, (laughs) I will go there. I will... Pay whatever it takes to be what would in Lucas be the spread?
1: Oil. Let's predict it now. I,
0: I would say probably about twenty and a half. It let's say this: if Illinois is continuing to play like they do, yeah, and the defense is a top ten scoring defense. Maybe even 20 and a half would be. I'm trying be to too
1: think rich. what even Iowa was last year. I think it was 20 something. Was it really? Yeah, I think so. So I, it, it would be in the 20s.
0: So, sure. And that's
1: fine. And it,
0: us Alani fans, the 30,000 that would go, and we'd if just you covered, be happy to be there. And if
1: you covered, you'd be sober in the heck out
0: of that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and as I was texting Lon earlier, he's a Florida guy, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the outback, for some reason, I'm really circling the Outback Bowl. Get me an yeah. eight oh, 4 get used season.
1: We're Quest. It's called yeah, the I know, Festival. I know. <laughs> it's,
0: but to me, it's just like how the Citrus Bowl became the capital. It's always the Citrus Bowl. Yes. So uh, there's something about, I don't need the big kahuna. Um, because in a weird way, that would bring back shades of oh one and 07. Oh God, now we got to follow up the biggest of the big. Um, I... I <laughs> I'll take the biggest of the big, but at the same time, there's uh, something more comforting of, oh, you were the third Big Ten team, and they took Ohio State and Michigan first.
1: You'd rather have Kentucky than USC. 100%. (laughs) Because
0: you have a better chance of winning, too. Yeah, so there's that. But uh, it's fun to have these conversations, because I can count on one hand in my life when I've been able to have them.
1: We want Bama. Let's do it,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy. Appreciate it, man. This is fun, and uh, maybe somewhere with all my off days and stuff, we'll figure out a basketball thing too. But yeah, thanks for stopping by the studio. Yeah,
1: and uh, thank you, Carp, and thanks to the two hundred level audience. Appreciate you guys because I know you uh, dip in our podcast. Well, I and I appreciate the support.
0: They dip into yours too. The the layman and you and Joey and you and Derek. It's it's must listen stuff. So appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon. Anytime, man. All right, that was Jeremy Warner from AmaniEnquirer.com from the Tay and J show back in the day, I had a few people in the YouTube live mentioning that. And man, how we wish we would have had the Tay and J show now. Hey, it'd be fun, though I will say there may be something to the fact that when that show was on and Tay and Carp and the Jeremy Warner show, that football just did not win. If you believe in hexes or curses, perhaps it was the curse of the Tay and J show. But it was great to talk with them though, because as I mentioned in the opening segment, So many conversations about the futility of Illinois football, and this was not one of those. So that was a nice change of pace and just great to catch up with them. And maybe in November or December, when I have another few days off of school, and I do, we'll find another time to get Jeremy Warner in the basement studio. So hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Be sure to listen to his podcast. You probably do already. I, they pump out more than I do each week as well with him and Joey and Derek. Jay Lehman on Mondays, Mike LaTulip when they get to basketball season. It's my go-to when I go for runs. So, uh, It's it's one thing to be a good reporter, which he is, but he's also a good broadcaster and podcaster, and it's cool to hear Joey come into his own, and Derek knows what he's doing as well. That's That's a pretty good crew that they got over there. All right, going to get out of here for the week. I'm not going to do another podcast before the Iowa game because what else is there to say? Now there's just a game to play. Hopefully between this podcast and the last one and all the Alana Inquirer stuff and wherever else you listen, you have enough material to get you to kick off on Saturday. Whatever you got to do. Be happy. Be excited. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Accept this moment for what it is and just let it kind of wash over you because we do not get enough of these. I'm going to soak in every minute on Saturday and then hopefully... Sunday morning, we can do a celebratory brunch podcast. That is my hope, and that is my expectation. I mentioned in the last podcast, I think the score I gave was 24-13. to 13. I'll stick with that. It seems right. I think Illinois will get the job done, and they'll look good doing it. And there might be some tense moments, because Iowa's got a great defense. They might get a turnover or two, but... Ultimately, Illinois is the more balanced team, and they can score, and I cannot say the same thing for Iowa and their offense. So let's get it done and start 5-1, and one, and whatever buzz is going on in town, imagine it after you beat Iowa. That's pretty exciting. All right, before we get out of here, DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That is dpdoe.com. Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com. For all your home exterior needs, that's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. That's not just heating and air, and you can get a furnace check, of course, like we did, but you can also have them come check out any stubborn drains for plumbing or also install a tankless water heater. Give them a call today at 217-841-4728. Mention us. Get 10% off at Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. And State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. For the Alana Inquirer fellas and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, and for you, the listeners and the viewers, we appreciate it. The YouTube stream is only going to be the interview. So I guess, uh, hey, podcast listeners, you got some bonus content. But that was a lot of fun talking to Jeremy, and hopefully the next time I talk to you will be after a big win on Saturday night against Iowa. I'll see you Sunday, regardless of the result, here in the basement. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a damn good time Saturday evening. It is the 200 level.